Welcome to Terminal Talk, a podcast on mainframe and mainframe related topics. I'm Frank. I'm Jeff. We have with us today Mike Fulton, who is a distinguished engineer and the key guy for uh, IBM Z Application Foundation. Woohoo! Key guy. I love that. (laughs) Well, you have to be the key guy. You're a you're a distinguished engineer. Yes, that and that means something. I'm sure it does. <laughs> so, uh, wh- what do you mean when we say application foundation? Well, yeah, good good point. So, this is a, a newly formed uh, uh, group. Uh, Skyla Loomis uh, just got promoted recently, and then she's mm-hmm. my boss. And um, and we we took uh, um, the Kicks, the IMS, uh, and the uh, uh, Ansible teams. Um, along with uh, uh, the broker team, came over and uh, pulled them together to uh, to create this new foundation team where we can really focus on providing the right core infrastructure. Uh, and I guess foundation's a uh, a more modern term than infrastructure these days. To to really be able to uh, create the next generation way of of doing things, right? So the cloud native approach to to how we uh, can create that foundation for people to be able to stand up uh, next generation ZOS systems. The, the, I know the the fear that people always have when we hear about modernization and simplification is that we're going to reduce the foundation to an easy button and you just you know someone just whacks that all day long. Um, can you kind of address some of those uh, concerns up front? Oh yeah, I mean it, it, you're exactly on point and. Um, we were just talking about that that yesterday that uh, you know the key thing is that we get rid of uh uh gratuitous differences right that 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 make it harder to do stuff on on zos um but it's really important that we don't water down what we provide right i mean we we have some incredibly cool technology but sometimes it's a little hidden behind uh 3270 screens and JCL. So, so to me, the key thing is provide um, modern ways to access the incredibly cool stuff we've got on on Z that differentiates us from everybody else. So, so when you've been doing this, um, has your focus been primarily on uh, DevOps? Uh, you know that, that that's that was my uh, historical uh, background. I guess I, I've come from the DevOps side, and I just uh, you know I was the the CTO for DevOps until recently. Um, and uh, so you know I I've spent a lot of the last decade talking to customers about um, how to get from what they've got on their system today and and how to um, increase their efficiency, modernize what they do every day. Uh, attract the best talent, all that type of thing. Um, the good news is that plays over really well into into the stuff I'm doing now because you know a lot of it's the same story except perhaps instead of me talking to um, uh, the development side of the house, um, now I'm uh, spending a lot more time talking to the ops side of the house with this foundational work, right? So, so now it's not uh, you know how can I uh, make it easier to compile, edit, and run my my COBOL kicks transaction. Now it's more about how can I make it a lot easier to be able to provision a uh, hundred uh, dev test environments for my uh, my developers uh, in the company, 
right? So, so it's it's shifted over to uh, uh, the concerns of of the operations side of the house. Has that really um, changed uh, your focus? When when you say I, I was doing DevOps, but now I'm really kind of looking at operations from a pragmatic operational point of view. Um, does it make a big difference? Um, you know, I think it's really more just a focus thing. I mean, DevOps is the dev and the ops side. And, and so I, I think it's, hmm. um, you know, in many ways, yeah, it's, a, it's the same thing. I, I guess it's the, it's the people I'm talking to on the team and their concerns and pain points that's changed a little bit. But, you know, a lot of the stuff, so for example, you know, we talk about Z Open Automation Utilities. Um, that's general purpose bread and butter tools that um, is useful for everybody just trying to uh, you know be able to work with the system in a much more uh, a much easier uh, more familiar way with with what people have learned on a, on a Unix or a Linux box in the past so so yeah so a lot of this stuff I'm working on is is far enough down in the stack that it's uh it's really foundational for everyone if you will I guess that's why they say you're foundational. Yeah. <laughs> yes. This is all kind of circular. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, can you kind of describe um, the, the utilities that you're talking about? What What are they? Yeah. Good. Good question. So, you know, if we go back uh, probably to 2016, 2017, somewhere in there, um, before COVID, and and when. Um, you and I and lots of other people were on planes way too much. Um, uh, you know, I had this this idea. Um, you know, I'll go back. So I've been on on the mainframe for thirty plus years now, and uh, ever since day one, I've always hated JCL. Um, you know, <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll come completely clean on that. And and um, uh, I don't know why. And, it's, it's yeah, yeah, it's, 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 terminal self will be taking a neutral position on this. Uh... <laughs> yeah, just, just in case there's any doubt about where I stand on that topic. Mike Fulton. So... Michael Fulton. <laughs> and uh, and so uh, I mean, just as a you know, there's there's lots of reasons why I don't like it, but primarily it's because it's so hard to work with when you're trying to do automation, right? Because it's got these columnar. Uh, annoyances of you know seventy one real columns that you can work with and all the rest of it, but but anyways, um, uh, when I was on one of these plane trips to somewhere way back when, I started thinking, you know, if I could just have a core command, so you know, in in the Unix system services side of the house, there's a TSO command, and you can run TSO commands, right? But wouldn't it be nice if there was an MVS command so I could run an MVS program from Unix System Services, and and I would I could provide the the uh, the data sets for the input and output DD names, and just have a very simple interface there, so that all the cool stuff in the MVS side of the house I could access from uh, Unix System Services. And so I so I tinkered around and, and uh, used some of the low-level BPX services and, and wrote some C code to, to create this thing, MBS command, that, that lets you run programs. So a program can be any program you can stick on a job step. So so the nice thing is anything, well, except for maybe some, some weird Jez commands or something like that, anything you can put into JCL to run a series of steps 
you can use MVS commands and, and the authorized version of that MVS command auth to run those programs. So if you want to run IEB copy, sort, um, you know, IEB Jenner, all the different utilities that are on the MVS side, you can run those all from Unix system services. And, and the idea is not just that you can run those things, but they're, they're integrated into the Unix system services command line. So, so standard in, standard out are, are also tied into it. So you can, you can set up a DD name to point to uh, standard in or standard out, which means you can then now run these thing and pipe them together uh, in a command. So, so you could have stuff fed from one command, pipe that into MBS command to run IED copy, let's say, pipe the output of that into awk or grep or something so that you can look at the output and, and, and look for particular messages you care about. And in this whole process, you can, you can do a, uh, it's a very easy way to automate um, some processes that in the past you would have had to use J JCL for. Um, so it's, so that was kind of the, the, the germ, if you will, that the core piece of, of what I called at the time MBS utils. Um, and, uh, and, uh, of course that was, you know, um, not near and interesting enough a name. So we decided to change it to IBM Z open automation utilities, which is called ZOAU, which is, uh, you know, an official tongue twister from IBM to try and get that one out three times a day. Um, so, you know, so, so that, that was kind of the core germ piece, if you will, that's, that's kind of the, the crown jewels of the, of this thing that, that we then built a set of tools around. So, so the idea was, okay, um, I want to be able to do an MBS command type of, of thing, but I also want to be able to do simple things should be easy in, in, in Unix, right? So, so in Unix system services, I say LS and I can list a path and, and list the files in the path. So we created a DLS. So you can list data sets that match a particular pattern. You can do, um, you know, DRM to remove a data, to delete a data set. You can do a detouch to create a data set and it has intelligent defaults. So you don't have to, you don't have to know what a block size is because why should we in mm -hmm. 2020, right? <laughs> um, so all this type of stuff, but it, you know, if you really need to know the block size, you can always put that in as parameter, you know, 37 to, to, to specify because sometimes some of this, uh, you know, some of the creaky software might might need a block size in there um, for whatever reason. Um, you know, so I was kind of so so now we got this set of atomic building blocks, if you will. We got DLS, DRM, we got JLS, so you can list jobs. We we've got you know, um, JSUB, so you can submit jobs. You can PCON, so you can look at your your console if you've got the authority to do it. Um, so all these kind of core services. So you know, at this point, I'm I'm in Nirvana because you know it's been I don't know two three months since I've had to last log into a 3270 screen to do anything. Uh, I can do all of the, the stuff I need to do through the Unix system services, which to me I find much more efficient. Right? I can automate things much easier, and it's just uh, yeah, it's really fun fun to play with. And uh, I'll give you some uh, up to the minute uh, data right here. Uh, so Mass of the mainframes been going for two weeks now. Two weeks in a day, and 541 people have completed the uh, ZOAU Part Two challenge, where they actually read in a data set 
using ZOAU, uh, parse it using uh, using an algorithm in Python, and then export it to uh, a distributed data set. So um, pe- people are doing this. And uh, as far as doing like support for people, not, not a lot of questions on how to do it. They seem to just get this right out of the box. So uh, thank you. Well, that's that. terrific. That's <laughs> terrific. Well, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah we spent, we, you know, I, I, there's a lot of thought that went into crazy things like, uh, you know, what the options were for DLS and what the options were for, for these things so that it, it really should have the minimum amount of surprise to a, to a Linux person where they just go, well, I expect it to look, work, work like this. So look at the man page for it. You know, we actually have a man page so people don't have to hunt around on the web for it. And of course they can, it's all there on the web too. Um, and uh, well, and yeah, a lot of just, those things on the web are, are your web page, which I which I think helps a lot. Your your blog, um, those examples uh, are are brilliant. <laughs> is is well, that something you. that you started pushing like yourself because you you couldn't get it done any other way, or is that just like the way you work? I think it's the way I work. You know, um, I have a, a horrible memory, and uh, <laughs> so if I spend a bunch of time figuring out how some some thing on zos works um uh a you know it's i I think it's important to do the give back to to write up a little blog on you know how i did something um but b i use it all the time it's like "Eh, what was that rack f command i needed to do whatever oh i i wrote a blog about that two years ago so i'll just dig it up and so uh uh, but yeah I, i i mean i think that's i think that's so important in today's um development model that we have uh, in the, in the real world, which is, you know, uh, how do I do this? Well, I'll Google it. Right. Um, mm-hmm. that's the first thing people do, uh, you know, okay. So I want to work with, uh, uh, uh data sets. I want to do some rack app thing. I mean, nowadays everybody just Googles it and, and the more information we as IBMers and we as the ZOS community can, can put into there to help each other out. That's just so important, right? That's, it, it just saves so much time. So, well, and and it, it has to be in a format or at least recognizable to people who haven't been doing JCL for, for the last, you know, 50 years. And, and it really, the, the fact that it, it focuses things in a way that's um, intuitive to people who haven't been on the platform, I think is really, really important. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Do you, do you think someone could start with the open automation utilities or do they need that background in, in JCL and, and uh, MVS commands to, to be productive? I, I think they can start with the open automation utilities. Uh, I, I mean, I, I think, you know, going back to a point you made at the start about, you know, watering down uh, systems and things, I, I think there's some really core aspects of ZOS that people should understand. Uh, so they should understand you know, what a partition data set is, what a sequential data set is, what a vSAM, what the different types of vSAM data sets are, and why they're still so important on the mainframe, right? So, um, and, and you know, the difference between stream-oriented I.O., which is what you typically see on a Unix box, and record-oriented I.O. So I, I think those type of concepts are as important as ever. But... But what they don't have to do is figure out how record IO works by, by, by using some sort of um, JCL routine, right? They, 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 can, they, they should be able to work with all this stuff through uh, interfaces they would expect to be around. Um, 
so yeah, I think uh, I think ZOA is a, a great way to get started with with a lot of this stuff. Um, obviously, you know, uh, there will be tools, there will be um, existing infrastructure that's at uh, a company that people need to, to understand and use as part of their day job. And, and those things might require ISPF or TSO or JCL. Um, but more and more, you, you're starting to see those tools and and day-to-day -day, um, things being written in you know Python or Java or um, C uh, on the Unix system services side, and uh, you know I think that's going to become more and more prevalent as as time goes on. Well, and and just as important, I can now get started. The, the thing I like about ZOAU is I can get started using a set of skills that I already have, and yeah, I, I will need to learn. Uh, a little bit more about the system, but I don't have to learn everything up front before I get started, right? So um, before you have to figure out what the heck JCL is, and 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 you know it doesn't have a lot of verbs, but but there are a, a million different options for everything, and some of them uh, are relating to things that don't even exist anymore, and so it, it's kind of of um, frustrating and, and hard to get started. And, and ZOAU kind of gives me the ability to just start doing stuff. And then, oh, I do need to learn about what a PDS is, but I learn it when I need it. I don't have to learn it before I get started. Yeah, yeah. And, and little things like uh, I jumped through quite a few hoops so that um, you won't ever see things about cylinders and tracks <laughs> and, and blocks showing up for the basic stuff, right? If somebody wants to see how, how big their their uh, uh, file is, their data set is, I, I, we print it out in terms of bytes because that's what normal humans think about is bytes. And, and uh, you know, under the covers, we're doing a bunch of work because the, the raw stuff that comes back from MVS is in terms of cylinders and tracks and blocks. And, and so we have to do the mapping, right? But, but that's, that's what software is for is to do the mapping so that the, 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 the developer doesn't have to know that what is it, 56664 bytes per track or something, right? Who, who needs nah. to know that archaic stuff? So, um, um, yeah. So uh, as the company starts embracing um, things like Ansible uh, and, and the industry picks up things like Link Jenkins, um, do you see uh, ZOAU and kind of its related uh, utilities as being the thing that makes that all work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I don't want to I don't want to say ZOAU is, is solving world hunger here, but but I, I, I'm a big fan in, in, of of kind of a layered approach to to software, and and I think um, it makes a lot of sense uh, to. To have that that layered approach. So, so one of the things we we did early on was that um, uh, ZOAU uh, has a shell interface, and that's how we started out. But but the very next thing we did was created a uh, a DLL um, for ZOAU in 64-bit C, with the intent that any language that wants to implement their their uh, uh, flavor of uh, these utilities could do so uh, by just uh, 
writing their code and then calling the underlying services in ZOAU to, to do the, the gnarly bits, right? So, so we did a shell interface, we did a, um, a, Java, a Java interface and a Python interface. And, and so what that lets people do is work in the, work in the programming language that they're comfortable with, right? So, so if you just want to whip some stuff up, then you go into the shell and use the, the shell interface to do stuff. If, if you're building um, uh, a larger application, um, then you might use the Python or, or Java interface. And with Ansible, when you go to use the Ansible uh, capabilities, which themselves rely on Python, uh, for the ZOS collections um, that, that we're developing, we, we prereq the, uh, the ZOAU function. And that lets us um, you know, implement this well in one place and then leverage it rather than implementing all this stuff 27 times, right? So, so the Ansible team works incredibly closely with the ZOAU team um, to um, push the core functions down into ZOAU um, to make it a better and better service so that when the Python uh, 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 interface is on top of that, it becomes better and better. And the Ansible team can now leverage all this really cool Python stuff. So, so whatever level you want to code at, the shell, Java, Python, Ansible, you're getting this consistent way of doing things. And, and we're not reinventing the wheel at every layer of the technology. Could um, you dive into uh, a little bit, and I think you touched on it just now, but like, Ansible relies on Z Open Automation Utilities. There's no like Ansible server that runs on the ZOS side of things. Can you talk about that overlap between uh, you guys, like the automation tools and Ansible? Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, so you know it, it, when people talk about Ansible, one of the one of the thing is it's um, it agent they call it agentless, right? So which means you don't have to put a whole pile of software up onto the the target box. To be able to um, to be able to use Ansible, um, really Ansible under the covers. If you take away all the the glitz, is really uh, uh, driving using SSH under the covers uh, and SCP and SFTP to 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 um, communicate with these target servers, and it puts all the stuff onto the system so they can run run it, and then cleans it up again. Um, so. It's not really completely true because to do most interesting things with Ansible, you end up needing Python. Now, uh, on a Linux system, pretty much any, every Linux distribution these days comes with Python, right? So, so it's not really an issue for them. Uh, for us, uh, we didn't have a Python uh, there. Um, but what has happened um, as of, I think, June um, is IBM... Uh, now has a fully supported uh, Python that's that's free. You, you get services support is, is extra, uh, but you get you get Python uh, uh, that you can get from IBM fully supported, um, and you need to have that on on the ZOS system to be able to run Ansible. You also need, like I said, um, if you want to use the Z Z collections, uh, you need to have uh, uh, ZOAU there too. Um, one of the cool things about Ansible is, you know, the first thing I did, I got a little blog on it, is uh, is you can bootstrap your target ZOS system and and push uh, ZOAU and uh, and uh, Python onto the system so that you can mm. get the prereqs out of the way. Because 
Ansible does let you do a very restricted set of things um, right. uh, without without having Python there. So you can kind of bootstrap yourself if, if the if the system it doesn't have that there. So so that's kind of cool. But um, so that was a very long answer to your question, Jeff. I don't know. Did I catch the the net of it? No, absolutely. Or yes, absolutely. It's. I mean, it, it sounds like uh, one of the big complaints that um, I hear a lot. It sounds like Frank has birds in his yard. Um, <laughs> it, it, people are always saying, "Oh, there's all this new stuff. We need to, you know, update everything." But there's there's just like a, a common stack. It's based around Python and ZOAU, and on the other side of the house, probably ZOSMF and and the Zoe tools. Um, but but this this really, I mean, those four things unlock so many doors right now. Um, and then, you know, going back to the master of the mainframe, I was really surprised at how much we were able to do without really tweaking the system all that much from, from where it was in previous years. Cool. Yeah. yeah we're going we're gonna to have to do a session on, uh, what you've done, um, for, for the master of the mainframe. Um, cause I think that's really cool, Jeff. To, um, and, and it's really to the point of what makes what Mike is doing so important is uh, he, he says it isn't the, the, the cure-all, but in a lot of ways, the way you're attacking the problem really is, right? Because instead of trying to build one big honking monolith that tries to do everything for everybody all the time, you're building a bunch of, of kind of uh, utility functions that can then be grafted onto a Python or Go or or Java, and, and that allows us to be a lot more flexible and allows us to change as the industry changes because we know that, you know, this this isn't static. It keeps changing and moving, and, and, and being able to do that is going to be really, really critical in the future. Yeah, that's so right, Frank. I, I couldn't agree more, I, you know, and, and that's why I'm such a fan of this, of this layered approach is, uh, you know, uh, you know, Python, what is it, 20 years, 25 years old? It's been around for a long time, right? It's, it's, it's a legacy it's, uh, language. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but so it, so, so we're, we should be pretty comfortable that it's going to be around in another five or 10 years. But, but as you get higher up in the stack into the Ansibles and the operators and the Kubernetes, you know that that stuff is going to evolve and change at a much higher rate than the stuff deeper down in the system like C and Python and, and, uh, and so forth. And so creating that layered set of building blocks um, that you can, that you can, uh, you know, make sure you can uh, support and exploit the next wave of technology coming down the pipe. It is so important to, to the way to be nimble nowadays, right? If, if you don't have that base set of things in place, it, it's really hard to, to respond quickly to the changes coming down the pipe all the time. Um, so you have the the fundamental building blocks uh, in ZOAU right now. Uh, what version are we at, and um, what what can we look forward to in the future? So we're up to one hundred three now, I believe. Um, and there's there's actually a couple PTFs you can get for a couple more enhancements. Um, uh, you can get it uh, as a SMPE install. Um, it's probably the easiest install you'll ever do because. Basically, you're you're unpacking um, a, a file um, and setting a, a bit on uh, to APF authorize one one module, so it's it's pretty darn easy. Um, for uh, uh, and one of the things we're looking to provide in the very near future 
is a, a PAX file that people can just get and unpacks and they've got COAU to, to make it super easy for people to have, let's say a development system and they just want to be able to, to set it up. Um, so, uh, you, know, you know, the only complexity with the PACs is you have to have the authority to turn that APF authorized bid on. But mm -hmm. uh, so, so that's, that's um, pretty easy. It's a, it's a, it's its own FMID for, for people that are into the whole uh, uh, packaging side of the house. Um, it's uh, it's uh, free which the is a great price yeah for the package heads. over the free part it's free too <laughs> yeah it's free it's free and of course with any free thing you have a service and support agreement you can get if you actually want to get uh, um you know be able to open up bugs and stuff but um and especially for the internals um you know we've got like 12 different places you can grab it from if you want the latest drop and and want to install it on your own system um so pretty darn easy to work with and, and python actually is is the same type of idea, right? Um, uh, in fact, it might even be easier because I don't think you have to APF authorize anything. So I think it really uh, is it's, just an un, un, unpacks and you're done. Um, yeah, it's so simple. Uh, the system that I use, the system uh, operator, allowed me to do it. So you know, oh my god! <laughs> I was wondering what that burning smell was. <laughs> so. So, um, like, why why don't they just make this part of the base? Why doesn't it just come with the with the operating system? Hmm. You know, and, and that's an excellent idea. Um, and um, uh, we 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 are we are talking about that. Um, and I I think it's you know the way I look at at this stuff is is there's the the fast cycle and the slow cycle. And um, you, you want to go really fast, experiment, get the ideas out there get feedback, go super fast, um, and uh, evolve new technology. Once it starts to stabilize, um, become um, clear that this is really cool, important technology, then yeah, I think it makes all the sense in the world to push this into, into ZOS uh, to make it easier for people because it's one less thing they have to get. So, you know, whether that'll happen or not, we'll, we'll have to see. Um, but there's, it, it, but certainly for for some of these things like MBS command and MBS command off, that that makes a heck of a lot of sense. Um, so you know whether we can pull that off in the shorter long term, I, I don't know. It's really more of a business decision. But um, technically and from an IP perspective, no issues with this because it's all you know all IBM written. So that's that's great. So we're we're kind of uh, at the bottom of the hour here, and I actually have probably about hundred more questions, but uh, I think uh, maybe we just have to have you come back uh, in the future, talk a little bit more as things uh, grow. I would love to. I would love to. And, uh, you know, I, I think uh, hopefully uh, uh, there'll be a place to put some links in. Um, and of course, you can always reach out to me uh, if you put my email in there or whatever. And happy to chat um, ad nauseum about this. It's a very interesting uh, topic to me. So thank you for inviting yeah. me. Oh, thank awesome. you for coming. Uh, thanks, Mike. We really appreciate it. Great. Talk to you soon. Old Man Charlie, run us out. You've been listening to Terminal Talk with Frank and Jeff. For questions or comments, or if you have a topic you'd like to see covered on a future episode, direct all correspondence to contact at terminaltalk.net. That's contact at terminaltalk.net. Until the next time, I'm Charlie Lawrence signing off.